Hello, welcome to the Wheels of Grace podcast. So we are getting ready for season two of our podcast. We took a summer break. I think it was needed. Yeah, we needed a break. We were busy this summer, even though I feel like we didn't do anything. We were still pretty busy. I thought we should have just kept going. Oh, you yeah. Guys, <laughs> we are slackers. Ah, no, I'm joking. I need, we needed it. We really did. We needed yeah, it. Yeah, so maybe every year we have a summer break. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Right now, That'd we better be nice, focus on working. Know, it doesn't seem like it was a break. It was a break from something, you know. It's There was still a lot of stuff it's going true. on. It never true. ends. Yeah, there's never well, a, it was real a break. podcast break. It was oh, a podcast, not a life break. I was just saying, you know, it'd been nice to have a life. Life break. kept going. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. So we're starting a new season, which means new and different things. Mm-hmm. We were doing weekly podcasts, and this year we're going to do monthly podcasts. So you're going to hear a podcast once a month. We're still hoping to engage a lot in social media and have other things going on. Mm -hmm. But as far as getting together and recording, it's a lot to do it once a week. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why we took the break is because we were stressing out about, okay, well, when are we going to do it? When do we find the time? Who's busy at this time? Is it really feasible to do it at 5 o'clock in the morning? No. (laughs) Is it feasible to do it? At 9 o'clock at night? No. We try to think it is, but it's not. <laughs> so, so, we can only do once a week, but we're hoping that we can... Once a month. Oh, yeah, once a month. <laughs> we can only do once a month. But we got to stick to that. We can't have any excuses for that That's one. right. So, maybe we don't take next summer off. Maybe We're not. only doing once a month. Well, that we'll would see. only be we'll see how it goes. we got to start now. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So, once a month. We'll see how it goes, too. If it's something... But you'll still be hearing from us. ...or something. Something happens. You never know. But at this point, it gives us a better, a better handle of organizing, keeping our thoughts all together, and true. not being so reactive. Reactive sometimes sounds good. You know, because you want to see how life is going, but um, it then also starts to show how chaotic it can be for everything. <laughs> Just trying to get true. together and get in front of a microphone. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Actually, right now we're even potentially pressed for time. We don't even know what could happen. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. The doorbell well, rings, the, yes. the phone rings. Well, oh, you see, this is, this is the beauty up. of it. All right, so this is the beauty of it. Just so everybody gets a good idea of what, what we're saying when we say it gets hectic. A lot of you guys out there with little kids would probably understand. We're trying to do this between naps. Mm-hmm. We don't know at any moment you could hear crying, you can hear playing, you can hear um, a lot of different things. We had to lock the dogs out, you know, because yeah. the in and out through the doggy door, get our house back in order. And it just seems like there's not enough time in a weekend when you're not working to get everything done and trying to get it in there. I think that's what we're trying to um work on to make it a little bit more hey this is our time this is when we're going to do this and this is when we're going to be as focused as possible i mean i had to go as far as texting family members and say hey we are getting back on track and this is the time we're meeting say, no bugging. so you guys can't go over i'm very proud of you because i was like oh i better write a note on the door because people are going to come looking for us they're going <laughs> to yes. knock they're going to ring the doorbell they're going to call they're going to text i mean we love our family and we love that they love us 
but sometimes it just makes it hard because we're in the middle of preparing and then somebody will hey, call or, text, or they'll just <laughs> show up and it's like we're recording right now yes. so I yeah. did send out a message that we were going to be working well good good aren't job. you proud I'm of me proud see of we're going to start on a good note That's this good. time we around are. <laughs> okay so we're going to do a few little segments and our first segment we're calling what's up and then that made me think of the thing that just happened. What's up? What's up, sir? Oh, so you're saying, well, before we do anything, is it like, like, what's up? Yeah, I think that's or what, something. Yeah, I think we need to put a little more emphasis on it. You know, it's it. just like, like, right now, well, let me tell you what's up. I'm going to tell you what happened probably within the last, oh, when did this all happen? Last, the last back? 24 hours? We're not going far back at all. Too far back is too oh, much. Oh, we, we don't have enough time in here. True. So we're just going to say probably within like, the last 24 hours. Okay. I'm just saying, so okay, for what I'm giving you for the last 24 hours was this. Yesterday, as we were watching our grandbaby, because um, we had to send our daughter out to go do some family... Um, Shopping. Stocking up because we were living off of bread and water, you know. So we said, "Hey, Ash, we need you to help us out. Can you go run and go do some running around? Go to and why did we have to send her? Well, because well, I'm going to let you talk about. No, it was because you had just had surgery here not too long ago. So we went a little bit further backwards. Yeah, we were. were We're trying to. I was holding that for you, but I'm jumping it in. I just threw it in there. Focus, okay? Let's just get to the okay, story. Okay, Just say it. Right. Just say it. So, all right, what so happened? she had surgery. She had... Um, no, 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 not that. No, not that. Oh, what happened? We don't got to go into what's all the, the What's details? the little in the room? What's in the room? Come on. Okay, so with all of that, what happened? We get a call, and now with that call, we get a little picture over the internet, you know, instant message from my sister, and um, that picture turned into, now we were the proud owners of a little puppy. <laughs> <laughs> and this little puppy is little puppy. Yeah. And so now Ashley was like, you guys are crazy. As busy as you are, you're going to do what? I know. And that's how things happen. So that's the new <laughs> what's up. We have two dogs. Um, we were hoping that they're going to get along. So far, so good. So we'll keep so, our hands so up. So that's our three dogs, up. just in yeah. case. Three, three dogs three right dogs now. <laughs> and um, we're going through the emotions of, um, well, we're going to go through the motions of making sure no piddles, no poopies, no nothing. What kind of dog food? Yeah, we, but we you know we've had a lot of this. we've had a lot of practice with that. I know. It, right now, we you were, know, we isn't that wild? That with so our like, granddaughter. So like the, mo- the month of August really has been like pooping, potty pee. training, yeah, yeah, potty training helping, month, right? Helping. Yeah, so we yeah, got to keep en- that off. It's not enough that you have to watch your granddaughter. I know, chase her with her your, with the her- toilet, with the little <laughs> toilet, and now you got to do it with the dog. <laughs> and then what happens when they're both in the house? and You don't know which one did it. Uh, that's <laughs> oh, gonna stop be rough. it! That's well, we're just gonna have to look at him and say maybe, who did it and see. Maybe Aria's gonna train the little puppy. I don't know. What the puppy's name is, so we're just calling the puppy the puppy because I'm not. Yeah, quite sure. so we're still they working was, on that. Jesse said it was Freddie. Yeah, Fred. she was talking about Freddie, short for um, Frederick. Fred. Frederick. I thought it was Fred Freddie Edward the First. Yes, <laughs> I didn't see yes. that when Some, come through. No, she told me. Oh, she told you. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so okay, so oh. what's up with you? So, what's up with me is this summer I had hip surgery, so much needed surgery. It took a long time to get to this point, and so I am currently recovering. It was a lot rougher some days than I thought it would be, and so you have those days where you're like, why did I do this, but I had to do it. Um, Just still tired and having to just push through it, but I'm really hopeful that I will get back on my feet. And So, why would you have to have hip surgery? I had a torn labrum, which is just a tear in the tissue around the joint, 
and an impinged hip, which just means I had extra bone that needed to be shaved off. And then in the midst of that, they found a pretty cyst that they had to remove in hopes that I can buy a couple more years without having to have a full-blown replacement. So in short, you were pretty jacked up. <laughs> yes. You were starting to walk. With, I know. My you know, poor husband had a walker. Okay. Wouldn't, we wouldn't, don't have to talk about get my into walker. any kind of motorized kind of vehicle. I did after the, the surgery. After. You know, yeah. it was pretty much. We were pretty cute. All that, surgery we were and I were both like, in wheelchairs. Move and do the surgery. No more <laughs> holding your hands. Whatever you're scared of. Whatever yeah. you're holding back. So, just okay, do so it. I'm so stubborn. Yeah. Well, you didn't. You gloss over it. You always gloss over it. She has been in excruciating pain <laughs> yes. every day for two years. Two years have been the worst, yeah. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's it's like you could probably, you know, get up in the morning, do your morning stuff, but within the hour, you're already feeling the pain. Yes. You probably woke up in pain, and you know, yes. but you can contain it, and then from there, you would go through your every day. But by the end of the day, you were so wiped out that, I mean... This last couple, I would say, yeah, for the last two years, have been pretty crazy in your end because we could see it. But probably the last six months, we could saw you just fall, we could see you were falling apart. Okay, so the truth is, is yes, I've been in a lot of pain, and now you guys are gonna make me cry. That's all right, cry, um, honey, cry I'll for cry a long you. time, and I still hurt right now, but it's okay. I just had surgery; it's been not even three weeks, and so I am still trying my very best to remain positive that this is going to be the answer and get me um, pain-free and off of a lot of medications that I was unfortunately having to take to keep the pain at bay. Um, It's still just kind of an emotional roller coaster because you feel a pain and then your heart kind of drops and you think, like, did I hurt it? Is this normal? And so, and I just started physical therapy for the first time and they're really easy on me. And again, I'll start that process this week and I'll do two Um, days of um, probably an hour each of physical therapy and try to gain some strength and in hopes that I can get back to being a little more active and not well the hope is to get you back to two years post to where you know you're able to you know (laughs) rock and roll and do the things you want to do maybe ride a bike go out go shopping um, hang out with the grandbaby go take her for a walk yes I haven't feel like you know you mm -hmm. have to hide the pain from us and all so I think it's going to change our lives quite a bit um, yeah, I'm going to be really glad that I can go for a walk with my family and not be in pain. So that's the goal. Yes. I'm going to take one goal at a time as that to be able to just at least go for a nice walk like we used to and I'm not in pain and I'm not grabbing onto the stroller because I'm trying to keep the pressure off my hip and then my neck and everything else hurts. So we're going to get there. Okay, so that's, that's the truth. Yes. Well, which is good. You know, and that's, <laughs> I think, what we do. the truth. Yeah. I know. Sometimes we get through our everyday processes, mm-hmm. you know, processed life, whatever you want to call it, and we tend to, we, we, we don't watch how to make sure that we are taking care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it was really easy to see in the last two years how that really took its toll on you. And it's it, for us on the opposite end, it was... It was hard, and we had to be careful with the words that we used to be able to say, we know you're scared, but go get the surgery <laughs> now. <laughs> I don't care what it costs. I don't care. Go do it. Yeah, that's pretty much what it what happens. So it's like, I don't care anymore. Just schedule it. So anyway. So now we're at a point. Now, now what's up with you, Ash? Are you yes. going to tell us what's up? I or, think I'm going to wait till the end. Okay, she's going to throw her what's up later. Oh, hers is at the end, yes. Okay, that's good. <laughs> so, with this new where are we at now, we did what's up. We're what? What happened? happened? We're 
back to, to our story. Story time. Oh, so this is all about talking about you know our past and how I ended up in a wheelchair and all of that crazy stuff. Yeah, wow. Our just I, I think we life. could do a podcast without even that anymore of just everyday stuff. Well, yeah, because we- that just constantly keeps going, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that is a true story, honey. That's a valid point. There's always something going on, isn't there? Yes. See, life doesn't wait. Doesn't matter if you're in a wheelchair, matter. if you got a bad hip, or <laughs> if you're potty training. Potty training. <laughs> Yeah. Right, Ashley. Life still goes on. Yes. So I guess that's my. I'll talk about my others. We're going to talk about the book at the end, which is the thing that I was going to say was my what's up. But I'm potty training my daughter. It's been a week. The first four days were pure stress and meltdowns from both of us. But I think she has it now. It's I'm very good. proud of her. Yeah. yeah, I'm really proud of her too. She goes on her own. High fives. Yeah, she yeah. high fives, she claps, she flushes the <laughs> toilet. That's pretty cute. We're good there. Yeah. So that, yeah, that was a huge thing, and we're still working through that. And she's going to be two in a couple weeks. Yeah. yeah yes. So. Well, and then the next stage of that is now going out in public. Everything's yeah. been contained, so now we got to <laughs> Yeah, she only can do, use the potty at home. We have not gone anywhere for a week. Yes. yes. So we're not potty trained fully. We're just, we know what the potty well, is. I just learned we're at stage one, and there's three stages of this. So <laughs> I think we're coming to the end of stage one, but now we're going Ooh, to stage two. But that's two. okay. <laughs> yeah. well, hey, at least we're going forward, yeah, right? And stage two is small trips, going out. No, stage oh. two is being able to wear clothes and oh, know clothes. when the <laughs> All right, so we go from just letting it drop her rib to just carrying it around. We're going her. from your granddaughter running around naked to wearing clothes. Nope. Yeah. She doesn't know how to wear pants yet. Yeah, she's, yeah she'll get and it. And then stage three is small trips. That's the small trips. Small trips. trips all right. We're talking just I keep trying to jump like the trips and all that. Store. Let's go. Grocery store and hope she doesn't potty in the grocery cart. Yeah. Well, this was, or she this could was, at least tell her mommy that she's got well, to you go. See, this has been a little bit of a, a, a rough patch for us because if I'm watching her, one of the things that I like doing with her is putting her in her little plastic, um, little tykes car, the one that yeah. has a little handle on the back, little yeah. door she gets in. Uh-huh. And we'll go for a little spin and we have this little routine. We'll go down the road, we'll go to Main Street, we'll go hit the little <laughs> Spanish shop there and we'll go buy a, a lollipop, sucker. maybe mm-hmm. a pop. And on the way back, she's sucking on her sucker, drinking some pop, <laughs> relaxing. And we haven't been able to do that, you know? So it's yeah. just like, man, we we're going to have that. She's going to go with her little first spin with dad and see how it goes. Well, yeah, she has to, I have to have my granddaughter, grandpa time, you know, and we can't do that because we're, hey, we're, we're carrying around the potty. So we got to get to stage four fast. You can attach the potty to the back of her car. Okay. I mean, you could take her, but she'll probably, she could or could not pee her pants either way. So it's dad awesome, though. It no, and this fine. has been awesome. She's been, she's, she's been a trooper and she's picked it up pretty fast. It's I amazing she how she grabs onto something and she just goes. She knows. I know. You know, as grandparents, you think your grandchild's the smartest little human in the world. Uh, Well, it's just babies, all of it, with what they do right now. It's just, it's amazing (laughs) to see it unravel in front of you. You know, I, 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 I have a hard, it was hard for me to try to remember when Ashley was that age. Because at that point we were we were in the stress side, but we were trying to figure things out. We were trying to be yeah. kids, figure it out. How are you going to do it? Are you going to pay bills? And mm-hmm. you sort of miss all of that. Yeah, to where now, as grandparents, we get to almost like sit on the porch 
and watch it all happen in front of us like a movie. Cool. And it's just, it's what so we need different. is a remote to say, rewind, I want to see that again. I want to yeah. see that again. Yeah, or, or fast forward, I don't want to see you cry. because you don't have those you know? stresses. I think all grandparents, that's what all grandparents say. It's yeah. so cool. Yeah, it's okay, well, nice. I'm living in a lot of stress. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for enjoying your time. All right, let's all right, get so okay, where are we? What happened? What happened? So where we last lost, last left off if you're just starting out with us you'll have to go back and listen to our season one but we're not going to go backwards we're only going forwards that's the new lesson i learned only go forward Forward. anyway (laughs) so last place we left off you had just gotten shot and were hospitalized so I'm in the hospital. You're in the hospital. You, so you just... I've already taken the ride. I've already been shot up, you know, and everything. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't rem. I didn't listen. It's been months since we did our last one. So yeah. I don't remember if we talked about when you found out that you were going to be paralyzed. I don't think we I don't did. Think I we think did. we just yeah, left I don't think off. we did go through that, right. You getting shot. shot. And that was it. We left yeah. off right there. So mm-hmm. maybe, if that's a good starting place for you, maybe you talk about when you found out. Well, so you see, all right, so the, the, as soon as I got shot, as soon as I got out of surgery recovery and found out that I was going to live, okay, Mm -hmm. I don't really remember a lot of that time period. I would say probably between 24 to 72 hours in that time frame. I would say as I went 48 hours to 72 hours, I started to be more in and out of reality and what was happening. They had me under a lot of stuff. Um, So I would say the first 48 hours... I got to tell you that it was probably the most easiest. The um, I didn't have no worries. I didn't have anything going through my mind because at that point, I didn't know anything. I was under. Sure. I was under. Sense. You know, mm-hmm. all I could remember was, you know, sitting in the emergency room on the table with all the people in front of me asking me questions like, can you squeeze my finger? Where are you at? Have you been drinking? What were you drinking? Are you alert? Who were you with? Do you remember anything? Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. What's your sure. name? Um, and in and out of that. And then um, the one thing that always stuck with me, well, while I was under, I could remember the sounds a lot and the smells. I couldn't see a lot. I couldn't remember other than just them flashes. But I can remember the sounds of, um, like like the machine that was pumping in and out, you know, mm-hmm. and they had put that into me and I could just remember that was like how it seemed like that was setting the time or the pulse in the whole room. And I can hear that. And I knew that things were still there. They were still real. They were still, mm-hmm. I was still a little bit alert, even though I couldn't see. And the other ones were the smell and the smell, even to this day, I got to tell you, it started when I first walked into that hospital. Um, it took me to another level and like almost, made my, my senses and my nose like superheroes or something. Because I could almost smell every time they opened up one of the... I could hear like all the little packages that they had to keep opening. Like ripping mm-hmm. them guys open. And I don't know what they were pulling out. I'm assuming they were like needles or hoses or something. But it just seemed there for the first run of it. That's all I heard was... Because they were like opening all these things mm-hmm. up. I could hear the trays coming in. But um, the smell was... It's like... 
you know, you could easily go and buy like a brand new couch or something and smell that. Get into a, a new car and you can smell mm-hmm. the new car. It just smelled hospitally. It just had the smell. <laughs> sterile. That sterile yeah, I smell. I guess it was sterile or something, mm-hmm. but that smell, even that to you this always day, when hate. I go, oh, yeah, I walk in that door or I go through the, you know, when they open up for you. And you just mm-hmm. get you just get overwhelmed with you know a blanket of sterile I guess <laughs> you know and um, and that was that yeah. was it you know I, mm-hmm. I I I can remember the one thing that I struggled with when I was coming back to during that first twenty four hours was them trying to put a tube in my mouth because they were asking me questions and I can see them hovering over me and I can see like a big tube that they were about to start flushing or put forced down my throat. You know, and I think I was starting to have trouble breathing at that time. and mm-hmm. um, Or for whatever reasons they did it, I could just remember that. And it just seemed at that point, all I could do now if they asked me a question was not really talk, but with sign languages, squeezing, not closing my eyes, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't really talk anymore after that. So after the first 48 hours, or the 24 hours, you know, I think they they ended up, I didn't know I was on my deathbed at that point. I didn't really know how many holes or what the damage had happened with the, with the bullets. Um, I do know I was in bad shape. You know, I could just, I, 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 you could just feel there was lots of people around me as that all was all happening, and you could just tell the the commotion and the reaction from everybody. Um, and I can remember going out and waking up in the ICU. And as I woke up in the ICU, it was a totally different scene. Not too many people hovering over me, maybe one doctor and a nurse, but I could still hear the noises. I mm-hmm. can still hear, um, you know, like the machine that was breathing for me. I can hear, um, I don't know if it was whatever was monitoring my heart or whatever, the finger thing that was sitting on my finger that was, you know, I guess translating or tracking or whatever, you know, noises. my heart. And, mm-hmm. But the difference was there was a different kind of pumping now. It was a... a it was one of a, um, I don't know, it sounded like a compressor, really, that was going on and off. And they must have, I ended up finding out later on that they had put these socks or my, put my feet into something that kept filling oh, with air. Help circulate. To, to help mm-hmm. circulate. And they were on my legs. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't see it because I couldn't see my legs. But I can mm-hmm. see from the bottom of my legs a bunch of tubes coming out. And I could still hear. The noise, yeah. They were loud. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I so those... That's what I remember. Um, and when I first woke up the first couple of times in the ICU, I can remember there was only one or two people, you. I can remember my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember my brother, you know, mm-hmm. at that point coming in. Um, and it was still pretty shoddy. It was just like you, I could see that you guys were really scared because you guys were, the tone of your skin and the color in your face was totally like you had saw a ghost or something. Um, and... I can remember my mom, you know, standing in front of me one time when I woke up mm-hmm. and she was rubbing my hair, you know, and she was telling me in Spanish, you know, everything's going to be okay. It's good to see you. How are you? Um, I love you. Um, mm-hmm. And then I can remember waking up one time and you were at the foot of my bed on a chair you know, you were holding my hand. I can't say I felt you holding my hand or anything, mm-hmm. but um, I remember you there doing, you know, just caressing me mm-hmm. and... Um, the other time when my brother was in there, I can remember him standing um, on top or on the side of the bed, you know, just watching me. And I, that's when it really probably hit me the most mm-hmm. of how bad it was when mm-hmm. he was there and he grabbed my hand and he said, bro, I love you. You know, and I was like, whoa, you know, you don't, we usually didn't say that, not mm-hmm. me and my brother like that. And I just, you know, 
at that point really probably got a really good feeling that you know oh, oh it was that bad or how bad is it still and um with time you know i would say within hours maybe another 12 hours or so you know or probably towards the next morning um i think they let it they let more people come into the room um and everybody started to come in all my family you know mm-hmm. ashley my sisters and mm-hmm. you know it was good to be able to wake up and see everybody in and out um, there were a lot of loves you. It's good to see you. So, I mean, I think everybody had a huge scare. But even at that point, I didn't know the extent. I still didn't know. They hadn't shared anything with me yet. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think they were instructed by the doctor. I'm, I'm, I know they were instructed by not the doctor. Not to tell me. Not to not to give me too much data of the night prior. That really what they were trying to do is just... Um, get me back to a stabilized, a stabilized mm-hmm. position to where, you know, they could take care of me because not only did I have the gun socks that took the ability for me to be able to walk, but my lungs had been collapsed. I had, you know, a lot of holes inside of my body and they were worried about a lot of bleeding. Um, mm-hmm. there were, there was a point there where I think they really needed me to fight. You know, I didn't remember actually being told to do that, but mm-hmm. I, afterwards I could remember, you know, that we needed you just to keep fighting, to, you know, keep breathing, to try to clear up everything, and that's what they wanted to focus on. So that 24 to 48 hours, I could say, you know, I started to come back too, and then I would say the next, you know, day or two after that then, that's when reality really started to hit in a little bit more, when they took the tube out. Um, I think it was like after that 48 hours, they pulled that that tube out of my mouth, and I can remember how sore it was. Mm-hmm. Um I, I can have a remember. question real quick. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when all the people were visiting you, you had the tube and you couldn't talk. I could mumble stuff, but it was but it was hard. Okay. So I couldn't say words. I I, I even had a hard time trying to get head. it to come out. Yeah, I more. Yeah, I was just shaking my head. Okay. Um, and then, you know, responding to people, and if they said I love you, know, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Okay, sorry, go on. But um, um, I can remember that day that they pulled that out. You know. I now when I think about it I can tell you that yeah I had been drinking that night and I'd been drinking quite a bit and you know anytime that you've gone out the next day if you haven't hydrated yourself you're 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 needing fluids you know and that's really how it felt for me I I needed something to drink they pulled this thing out of me and the first thing that I wanted was something to drink I, I, I wanted a Pepsi. I think that's all that came to my mouth. I want something You're cold only allowed and Pepsi. To have ice chips. And all they gave me were ice mm-hmm. chips. You know, they pulled this thing out. My throat was so sore. Um, the ice chips really weren't doing it for me. I wanted something liquidy to go down my body. And um, I can remember my sister Veronica. You know, she was one of those where if I said no matter what the doctor and all that said, and I said, "Hey, go get me that," she would have tried, and she tried. <laughs> I'm going to give my brother a dang pop. I'm and go your get mom busted her. Oh, yeah, my mom caught her. And, I mean, I don't remember all the actions. I do. I, I was there. Yeah, was like, you can't give that. You don't know what's going to happen to him. And I'll, I didn't care. I needed something to drink. Um, so I couldn't really still talk. I was very sore at that point. Um, and it's, it's now when I think back on it, you know, having everybody in my um, ICU room, I still hadn't been moved. I think I was in the process of being moved then to a regular room. Um, the reality of all my family being in there, you know, and just how, how hard it was always to get everybody together. And, um, you know, I can still sometimes see that shot of everybody where everybody was sitting 
my dad on the opposite end of my bed, my mom, you know, sitting on a chair holding my hand or mm -hmm. just rubbing me, you know, I could see her really freaked out, scared. Mm -hmm. um, you, my sisters, you know, my three sisters, you know, all just, you know, all sitting there going, what's going on with my brother and my brother, you know, and mm -hmm. it, it's, I think at that point, you know, you, you really for me i didn't i didn't remember really how how crazy and how close i came to death or how past death i was but to see everybody in there it was really the point where it hit home you know because mm -hmm. for the the doctor to come in and tell everybody you're he's not going to make it and all that like i said i was on the bed you know so that part i can't speak to but i can speak to seeing all my family in there and going through all these little things and it freaking me out that really freaked me out and to that point, I still didn't know I couldn't walk. I was still trying to figure out what was what was wrong with me. You know, I, I started to ask more questions at that point. You know, what happened? How many times did you guys catch him? What was going on? I it didn't even feel I it, it didn't it didn't hit home yet that I couldn't move my feet. Mm -hmm. Because I really could barely move my Your fingers. Hands. Yeah, I couldn't because I had so much stuff. They had done so many things that it it, it it wasn't even a reality or it wasn't something that was on my mind to say, mm -hmm. Hey, I can't walk because I can't move my toes yet. Yeah. You know? So that was weird. <laughs> so I think that we should hear mom's side of the story. Yeah. At that point, I think I'm done. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we'll go, I think we'll go on to maybe not, you know, finding out. Maybe we'll yeah. do that next episode. That's fine. Yeah. But I yeah. think we should go and see because mom never tells her side of the story yeah, ever. Yeah, and now you got to jump in and you have to tell the flip side. All right. Flip side. Remember, forty-two or twenty-four to seventy-two hours. <laughs> a lot 72. of crazy stuff happened. Right? <laughs> a lot of crazy stuff happened. Yeah, you're not kidding. All right, you're on, so, Mrs. Sanchez. You know, when you talk about like <clears throat> life standing still or like the smells and the sounds and all those things. You know, I kind of experienced a little bit of the same but different when I, and I shared before that I'd gotten the phone call and we had already shared, you know, that I made it to the hospital and that I knew Sergio's condition was bad. That's all I can say is the word bad because I didn't have, you know, any details. I didn't know what was going on. I did know that he was shot. They were rushing him to um, surgery um, because of a gunshot wound. At that point, it was Sergio's been shot. You know, that's all I knew is he's been shot. I didn't know how many times. I didn't know where he was shot. Um, as far as where on his body, I didn't know where locationally. I didn't know anything until, you know, we had to sit and wait. And once we were sitting and waiting for him to undergo this, what they said, an emergency surgery so that they can explore the damage, there was literally like time had stood still we his family and I just I mean I don't even remember like conversating all these things were going through my mind were Sergio's been shot where in the hell was he why didn't he I mean I had anger I felt why had he put himself in a dangerous situation I had you know I, I had I was feared I feared for his life I feared for his poor parents. I watched his mom mourn this. 
but I didn't I didn't know the extent until the doctor came. Actually, it wasn't even a doctor. It was somebody else, not even the doctor. So the doctor was in surgery with him, and somebody else came. I don't know if it was like a victim's advocate. I don't know, but I know that they sat with the family. I listened because, you know, that was his mom's position to ask the questions, and that's when they started to tell us that he had been shot multiple times, and they used the word critical condition. Now, once someone tells you that your loved one's in critical condition, then I knew that critical meant death. And so in thinking about him dying and thinking about that the extents were bad enough that if they had gone in there and any of his vital organs were damaged that I possibly may have seen him for the last time. And that would have been that morning um, when we separated and told each other goodbye and we would see each other later that day. And and I honestly, and because I know my, like you guys, you're like, mom, you just repress all those feelings and those emotions. And I think it's because I had trained myself to do that for years. Because in the process of, of Sergio going through all of his craziness, I was so focused on protecting him and being strong for him that I immediately went to guard my feelings and immediately set up to, you know, to just be there for your family if that was the case, if you were, you know, if you in fact died. And I, so I just started to immediately push my thoughts and my feelings back and my pain back, knowing that I was fearful that I had already had to have said my goodbyes to you. And and I honestly, the person I was the most fearful for was your mom. And the reason why I was the most fearful for her is because you were her, you were her baby. I mean, you were her, even though you drove her crazy, like you were her oomph. And so in watching her grieve that, I, I, even though she and I weren't close, I wanted to, to protect her and I felt like I needed to be strong. I, I remember her coming to me and, and hugging me and I just remember saying, you know, I, everything's going to be okay, even though feeling like it might not be okay. Like we may never, ever, ever see you again and this might not be okay. And the other part of it is that I... I was I was still angry. I was angry at you. I was angry that you I felt that you were doing so good and I was so angry because I felt that it's not that anybody does these things on purpose and you don't seek out to get in harm's way, but in my mind I felt he made the choice to go like what was his brain thinking? Like where was he? Was he drinking all these things? And so I was angry at you. Until up to the point where they finally came and said, Sergio is out of the woods. They don't know, but by the grace of God, and we know that it was God, that your vital organs were not hurt. And you were shot seven times. You had all the bullets, from what I remembered, had gone through your body and were either retrieved or had exited on their own, and there were several that they had to go in and, and remove, and that you were out of the woods aside from you did have to have several blood transfusions. Um, I think they were looking for matches in case they, you know, ran out of blood, and if, you know, that way they can continue to give you blood because the blood loss was very extensive from what they described. Um, 
And then, so when the doctor finally said that the surgery was complete, you were going to be in ICU and in recovery for possibly a couple days, is when he said, but our biggest challenge is that Sergio's never going to walk again. And so when they said that, um, the sound of your mother crying and sobbing was then when I you know, felt free enough to grieve that too and know that you were going to be the rest of your life in a wheelchair. And it was just, it was like almost surreal. Like this can't be it. Like I look over at your dad and your dad's in a wheelchair and I'm like, how can this family possibly recover from two family members being in wheelchairs? I mean, how, how are they going to recover this? And then your dad just put his head down. And I can tell you that your dad probably did not lift up his head for a very, very long time because he he knew. I mean, he knows what that is and that his son was going to be the same way. And so watching them and their reaction to it and the doctor, he, I mean, he, he was a good doctor. He, I mean, I felt like he gave details, but I feel like that moment in time went so quickly because it was like, um, excuse me, I have more questions. Like, you know, it's just such a whirlwind. And I felt like he was there. And then it's like, he drops a bomb, like, oh, he's good. And then, uh, but he's never going to walk again. And then he's like gone. And I felt like the breath was taken away from me. Like, okay, okay, well, what, like forever? Like, you know, like there was no room for questions. Like, is this a temporary, is it a forever thing? But, I mean, then when I thought about it, he said that Sergio's never going to walk again. He he did say that. He didn't say possibly. He didn't, he said never, that your spinal cord was had been severed by um, one of the bullets. And so... He said, you know, after they were going to put you in recovery and once you were able, we could go in there. And my first time approaching you, you were you were in ICU. You were very heavily sedated. You did not know I was there. I, I don't believe you did. You never opened your eyes. You, you didn't move. You didn't nothing. And it was like you were sleeping. And um, I, I walked in there and it's it's just you know, you just immediately, you walk your softest, you, you, it's just natural, I guess, when you're approaching somebody who's, you know, in a hospital or been hurt or whatever that may be, that you just immediately are at your quietest. And I remember just like you did, the sounds of the machine and then looking at you and oh my goodness, you were probably as white as a sheet of paper I mean so pale and to me you looked so frail and so thin I mean you were smaller statured anyways but at that moment you looked like you look bad <laughs> like you you just yeah you were I can't even describe you you just not look yourself and I remember your hands were under the blanket they had you were just Literally, the only thing that was above, um, they had the blanket clear up to your neck was just your head. So everything else was tucked under. And I I do remember I moved the blanket over to grab your hand. And maybe you do remember. I don't know. I did, I did grab your hand. And you had just things hooked up everywhere. And then um, I don't remember saying anything to you because I just... I felt like you were sleeping. I felt like you couldn't hear me. I was nervous. 
I I didn't know what to say, to be honest. I was just, I felt like just holding your hand would tell you I love you and I'm here and I can't wait to see you again. And then I wanted to see your legs. I don't know why. I just maybe thought they would look different. So I uncovered, I uncovered your feet. I uncovered it maybe to your knees. And they had those compression things and all kinds of things. And I remember you had a cut on your foot and there was a stitch and it was a blue stitch. And for some reason that bothered me. I didn't like the way it looked and I was wondering how, why would, why does he have a stitch on his foot? And it was just like this dangling blue stitch. And I thought, leave it alone. But I just thought it was odd that it was there for whatever reason. And I covered your legs back up. And that was our first, you know, the first time I was I was side by side with you. And it was brief because they were very, very strict. It was so late. It might have even been early in the morning. might have been like 1 or 2 in the morning, and they were very strict that we could just one at a time. At that point, it was just one at a time. And there was a line of your family members that wanted to see you. And so I um, covered you back up, and I squeezed your hand one more time and put you just as they had had you. And I, I left. And I left for whoever, um, one of your sisters or somebody was coming in after that. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's pretty wild. Mm -hmm. I hate really talking about it because it takes you back sometimes. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) All right. So what else are we going to talk about right now? You know, because this is sort of long and I, I'm about to, you know, fall out of my chair right now. No, I'm joking. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's a lot. And we vowed to share. Mm-hmm. So, well, you know, and one of the things that's really hard sometimes to put over the the radio, you know, when you just hear it, it's hard mm-hmm. for people, for us to sometimes get people to connect to the emotion that we were going through at mm-hmm. that point. You know, um, the feelings, you know, what was triggering some of the, mm-hmm. what was holding up, what were the triggers that were making you feel all these things. And that's always been tough to be able to go ahead and pull that through. And I mean, it's like every time we talk about it, mm-hmm. you remember something else. You remember you something do. else. So, you do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just I feel like you could just like, close oh. your eyes and you could see it again. Yeah. Like, ooh, that's So you still get like the that. chill. Yeah. <laughs> like, ooh. And uh, you're right. The smell, the sound. Yeah. You yeah. just, anyway, so... So we'll continue next time with the story, but we're going to move on to what's motivating. So anything in your life that's been particularly motivating, it could be brief. You don't have to go into even detail, just a movie or a song or a person or a book. Well, I've been, I was sharing this with dad that I've been um, watching. Um, She's jingling the Jenkins. Um, and she's just... Oh, uh, that yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah. And I was telling yes. Dad that, you know, I really like her. And the reason why I do is because she's so true blue and down to earth. And my favorite part about her is she doesn't care what she looks like. Like, sometimes she's done up. Other times she's literally in her pajamas. And I just like the vulnerability of that. And that's that's been motivating me to just be genuine to who I am and to not be afraid to just... You know, when we come to a point where we're recording, because at first I'm like, I don't want my face on the camera, but to just to just go with it, to just go with whatever's happening in our life. And because the people who love us and want to hear us, they don't care whether Nora has her makeup on or not. And that's the truth. I mean, maybe some do, but sorry, I'm probably not going to have my makeup on all the time. 
and and just to go with real life stuff and if there's dishes in the sink and we're recording in the house there's just dishes in the sink and so that's just that's what I'm getting motivated and geared to do is and share um, just the more intimate side of our life and and how we handle things and and how we continue to grow and roll cool. through it mm-hmm what's so motivating what you me um, you know I guess if anything right now um, I can't say there's one specific thing that's been motivating me but um, instead of me saying motivating I think I've been getting hit with a little bit more of a reality of how fast things go now and how fast time moves and how it seemed like yesterday was guys just I mean the start of summer kids just got out of school and now we're on the verge of them all going back and mm-hmm. before you know it Christmas will be here <laughs> and um, being able to see you know how you know my little grandbaby was always needing to be held to where now she's walking and now she's being potty trained and it's just the the visualist the reality of with time how things start to change and things get you know um people grow and they start to change so it's just that you know and that i guess really is just to really let me know how how short and how fast time is you know short that it goes really quick and fast that it goes even faster than you can even believe mm-hmm. you know so yeah. that's it mm-hmm. ashley so people have read our book and suggested suggested i can't talk anymore <laughs> Suggested that I pursue a master's of fine arts in creative writing. And so that's on our minds right now, whether or not I should do that. I mean, we, if you're asking us, we know what we want to say. But oh, we already told we're you. Like, you. Hey, girl, what are we going to do? <laughs> oh, so what's Let's your answer? It. Our yes. answer is yes. But we want to know what everybody else thinks about that. And what, um, explain a little bit more. What is that all going to entail for you? So How will it change your life? What will it do for you? What uh, are the things that will come from it? <laughs> so many. That's a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was like five. No, that was only like three questions that I asked you right now. Well, so, I think it will help our book. I mean, mm-hmm. like we've always said, we're not trained writers. Actually, that was one of the things that the lady who read my book said. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not a trained writer, so you shouldn't expect it to be good. And she said it in a, like the you know a nice way, like sure, in a yeah. helpful way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She lucky mm-hmm. I was going to tell her in a mean way. What you weirdo? What are you talking about? No, I'm joking. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Anyway, so that's true. You know, we've never been trained in writing. We're just kind of going along with it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what would be good for it. You know, one of the positive things is that. We will be trained in it once you go to school. <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> no, there's no we. At this point, we have to separate ourselves. No, 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 no. We're a group right now, you know? It's like, you know, the three musketeers. So, okay, once so I'm decide. I'll go ahead and take your down. one third of payment <laughs> to go to school. Oh. So, go ahead and tell me, a, tell me when for- we have the funds for that. <laughs> Okay, so what else, Dang, Ash? that's rough. Honey, that's that, well, you know, along that line, that is one of the things, though, too. You know, that it's it's not only something that, you know, will help us with our book and all that, but then it comes with the financial bang, too. You know, it's, you go back to school, more loans, more everything else, and 
Time, time, time. and time. But. Little girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Life. Life. That's right. So yeah. what's the question? So the question is, should I go back to school? So we want you guys to answer that question. What are your thoughts? It'll be an additional two years of school for Ashley. Yeah. Or if you can, not really even a question or an answer to that question. It may be something or a story or somebody that's went through something like that and what they did, how they how they were able to pull it off. And, you know, you know, their circumstances, a little a little blurb or something on it that would be fun to, you know, review and see how it applies and just to hear from everybody pretty much if they have anything along that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. So we need that. Yeah, a little story, a little something to help me out, a little advice. Oh, there we go. Advice. Yeah, that's yeah. the word. Well, my, and my first advice is get the money and don't fail. Get straight A's. We need it, babe. We need it. No, I'm joking. I actually think it would be a really good thing for you. I think it's it's not only that it'll help us with our book, and it'll help us with it'll help you with your desire to write and become an author. But um, I think it gives you a lot of credibility, and it opens up a lot of other doors for you, which would be good. Mm-hmm. Be good. You're yeah. still real young enough right now that it's good for you to collect a lot of that. Yeah. So. We'll leave you with that, but we want your questions for us. Please. But I even it doesn't have to be about us. I think if there's someone listening in the same position and you want our advice, then ask us. Hey, sh- you can ask us. Should I go to grad school? Should I go to school? You know, ask us whatever. It doesn't you can have ask to ask us whatever you want to ask. Yeah, it doesn't we'll answer. It doesn't have to be related to us. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we're yeah. waiting. We'll okay. be waiting. We'll, well, be here. we'll be on social media and let us know. Yes. We're there. (laughs) All right. So we will see you next month. And we hope to talk to you on social media. We're hoping to maybe get some more videos, maybe little short ones, more photos. A lot of things to follow this. Yeah, we want to be active. We're going to just do the podcast once a month, but we still want to be active. Oh, you'll see our faces. So just remember to always keep rolling on. See you next time.